Blog Talk Radio. Okay, doctor. All right, all right. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you on your radio, Block Talk Radio down there in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm up in Warren, Ohio, bringing you the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Watchman on the Wall, looking, looking for the blessed hope of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for he is on his way. Jesus Christ is on his way. He is getting ready to do something going to shake the world upside down. Amen. Praise God. Glory be to God. And why he is on his way, I'm going to occupy till I come. I got to tell somebody about this good news. The good news is that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is getting ready to split the sky. For we are living definitely, absolutely in the last days. This is the last day spoken by the prophets, spoken by the disciples, and spoken by Jesus Christ. He said, in the last days, pearly times shall come. Evil men shall watch worse and worse. And my friends, we are in it right now. I want to let you know, amen, before I go on the air, amen. I'm going to try to play a little bit of this song Amen. To get you in shape, to let you know the only way that we can escape the wrath to come is through the cross. And here we got Frank Williams going to bring this here short verses of this. Amen. And he's going to let us know what it's all about. I'm going to say about, about a minute. I want you to get the whole of it. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
in the cross. Frank Williams, near the cross, near the cross, just sell the G bazaar, letting you know without the cross of Jesus Christ, without the birth, death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there would be no hope for the world. There would be no hope for me. There would be hope for nobody because it was Jesus Christ, God's Son, God in the flesh, all flesh, all human, and all God, 100% God and 100% man. He became man so that he could suffer and die for what? For the sins of the world, for the sins of the world, for the sins of the world that men, that men, men and women wouldn't have to die in their sins and go to hell. Because without the shedding of blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the only blood that had the power enough to reach down into your soul and wash you and make you clean and make you whiter than snow and make you fit for the kingdom of God, because without the blood of Jesus Christ in your heart, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. You're not fit to go to heaven because sin is still in you. And the only way that you can get rid of sin, that you can be brought out, 
by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through his blood. I thank you this afternoon for letting us come in and, and talk to you and let you know there is hope in Jesus Christ. No other name given unto heaven whereby men can be saved in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Yes, this is Elder Bazaar watching on the wall, coming out of Warren, Ohio, reaching on down there into Atlanta, Georgia, on Block Talk Radio. I'm so happy to be here tonight. Amen. I know the devil is roaring like a lion. He's seeking who he may devour. He's on 24-7 watch. Amen. 24-7, 24 hours, seven days a week. He is roaming the earth. He's roaming the prince power of the air. He's tearing up things. He's messing up things. He's killing people. He's raping people. He's making people drunkards and liars and cheats and cheats. But I've got news for him. Amen. He's not winning. He's losing. But I tell you, the only way that you can win, you've got to come to the cross. The blood of Jesus Christ can save and sanctify your soul that you can be fit for him. I'm here to let you know this is Elder G. Bazaar coming from the word of God, preaching the word of God, living the word of God, holding the word of God, standing for the word of God. And one thing about it, the word of God will never fade away. It will never lose its power. It will be lasting forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to be talking out of the book of Revelation. You get your Bibles out, amen. Get them, get, get them books out. Get the Bible out. Get the books out so we can read the, out of the book of books. Amen. The Bible is the book of books. Amen. In the third chapter of Revelation, at the 14th verse, we're going to be dealing with the end-time church age, the end-time church age. A lot of people say the end of the world is coming. But before the end of the world comes, before the end of the world comes, guess what has to come first before the end of the world? The end of the church age. The end of the church age has to come first. When is the end of the church age? The end of the church age is found, hallelujah, let's get it in the word of God, the end of the church age is found in Second Thessalonians. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The fourth chapter of First Thessalonians, we will find these words. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> In the fourth chapter, this is the end of the church age. We're living in it now. It's getting ready to close out. The church is getting ready to leave earth. It's getting ready. It's packing up. Those that know Jesus Christ, those that are seeking to walk closer to them, those that have been born again, those that have given their life, amen, for the call and the works of the ministry of Jesus Christ. In the book of First Thessalonians, Apostle Paul pins down through the annals of time, the fourth chapter, the 13th verse. Here is the end of the church age. It says, but I would not you have to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you may not sorrow, that you may sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. But if we believe, if we believe that Jesus died, and rose again, 
Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord, good God Almighty, listen, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumps of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, what? In the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, come one another with these words. This is Apostle Paul showing you that this is the end of the church age. When the rapture of the church occurred, which is very soon, very soon, sooner than I think he is, and I believe this is me and the way I've been reading for 57 years, studying the word of God, ecology, studying eschatology, studying the rapture, studying all the books in the Bible where it says there's a day coming in which the Lord will remove the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? The body of Christ are redeemed ones that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. If you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and you have repented of your sins and you have turned from sin and your wicked ways and your wicked attitude and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in a repentive spirit, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You are ready to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I don't care how long you've been saved, amen. But when you get saved, you're not saved just for three or four days. You're not saved for a few hours. You're saved forever. So the Lord says, no man can pluck you out of my hand. So once you believe in Jesus Christ and accept him and turn from your sins and call on his name and worship him and honor him and adore him and believe in him and hope in him, the Bible says you shall be saved because you're willing to submit your spirit your soul unto him. So where we am, we are not going to heaven by denomination. We're not going to heaven by denomination. That's that's a fact, Jack. We're not going to heaven by denomination. I'm not going to heaven by uh, no other denomination on the planet can get you to heaven. I don't care if you you the bishop or bishop. There's only one way that a man can get to heaven, and that's where he got to come by Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're atheist, you won't make it. If you're in the New Age movement, you won't make it. If you're a Buddha, you won't make it. If you're in Judaism, you won't make it. If you're in Shintoism, you won't make it. If you're in Mormonism, you won't make it. If you're in unity, you won't make it. If you're in a Satanist church, you won't make it. If you're in Taoism, you won't make it. If you're in Lutheran, you won't make it. If you're in Christian Scientist, you won't make it. If you're in Jehovah Witness, you won't make it. If you're in the Nazarene Church, you won't make it. If you're in Islam, 
you won't make it. If you're in the Methodist, you won't make it. If you're in fashionism, you won't make it. If you're in Catholicism, you won't make it. If you're in denominationism, you won't make it. If you're in the Church of God, you won't make it. If you're in the Baptist, you won't make it. If you're in the KKK, you won't make it. In the Nazism, you won't make it. In Armstrongism, you won't make it. The Voodoo, you won't make it. In witchcraft, you won't make it. If you're in homosexual the Lesbianism Church, you won't make it. If you're in the Apostolic Church, you won't make it. You're in the Church of God in Christ, you won't make it. If you're in Confucianism, you won't make it. And if you're in Humanism, you won't make it. You won't make it in no prominent occult or denomination. The only way that you can make it, the only way that you can be converted, the only way that your life can change, the only way you can be washed in the blood and be saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ because he's the only one. God-man. God became man. That man is Jesus Christ, God's son, the only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Those that have a denomination and believe that because you're in a certain denomination, believe that because you do good works or believe that you because you're white or black, they believe that you're rich or poor, believe that you have so much pull on God, because of your status quo, you won't make it. The only way that a man can come in to the relationship with God Almighty, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no child, no teenager, no old can get to the Father but by me. What you saying, preacher? I'm saying the one, one way you can get to God and know God is through Christ. Jesus Christ said, I and my Father are one. He said, if you have known me, you should have known my Father. He said, if anybody say they know the Father and deny the Son, you're Antichrist. And the Antichrist, the world today is filled with Antichrist, where people don't believe, don't believe, don't confess, don't live the confessed life of saying that Jesus Christ is God's Son, which is God himself in the flesh, and God in the flesh through Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross. They whipped him. They beat him. They lashed him. They spit upon him. They kicked him. They nailed nailed to his hand. They hung him high and stretched him wide. They hung him on the cross from 9 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And they said, we're going to make sure we kill this man because Satan knew that if he could try, if he kill him, he could take the salvation away from the God of Abraham. But let me tell you, he can't take the salvation because God, God Almighty is Jesus Christ. Yes, he killed him in the flesh, but he couldn't kill the spirit. And when Jesus Christ died, he died in the flesh. And to tell me his spirit, the God of Abraham went down and descended into the bowels of the earth. And when he descended into the bowels of the earth, he set the captives free. But he said, I got power enough to lay down my life, and I got power enough to pick it up again. He said, I received this of my father. And when Jesus 
Jesus died, the God the Father mm-hmm, went down into the Bible of hell and preached to those in prison. And he said on the third day morning, I'm going to get up with all power in heaven and earth in my hand. And on the third day morning, he got up with all power. Jesus got up with all power. How could he do that? Well, Jesus Christ was God, one God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He brought salvation with his own arm. He did it all by himself. He didn't need nobody to help him because he was God. And they tell me this is one thing man can't understand, the mystery of godliness. There's a mystery to godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up in the glory, and he's coming back again to get a, what, a church that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because God's blood is holy. God's blood is righteous. God's blood has no sin, no sin at all, no sin, perfect sacrifice. He knew no sin, but he became what? He became a sin offering for the sins of the world. In other words, your low-down, dirty, rotten self, Ooh, that includes me. I used to be dirty and rotten too, and he cleansed my heart. He cleansed my soul. He cleansed my mind. And now I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. Behold, everything is new. Old things are passed away. I'm a new creature through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ's blood was spotless. It was powerful. And it can save you to the utmost. Save you to the utmost. Because let me tell you something, Jesus loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that men may believe on his name, that men may call on his name, that men may lift up his name, that men may glorify his name, that men may live righteous before him and give everything that man has to God. Whenever God gets a hold of he sanctifies it. So what you say, preacher? I'm saying denomination will not get you to heaven. And there is over 4,407 different kinds of religions in the world today. 4,472 different kinds of religions in the world today. I named about 30 of them, but there's more than that all over the world. The whole world is in sin. The whole world has been deceived. The whole world is lost. But Jesus Christ said, I'm going to save a few out of a few. I'm going to save those that come to me. I'm going to save those that repent towards me. I'm going to save those that give their heart to me. Why? Because the only way you can be saved is you want to be. You have to want to be saved. You have to want to be sanctified. You have to want to be separated from sin. You have to want not to go to hell forever and burn forever because you are refusing to let Jesus Christ pay for your sin. You're telling God, I don't want you. I can handle myself. So you're telling God, I pay for my own sins. And if you pay for your own sins, you're going to have to go into the death hole. And the death hole is separated from God forever. And the only way you can be separated from God forever is that you refuse Jesus Christ. You will burn in hell forever. Think about that. You will burn in hell forever. Majority, listen to what I'm saying, majority of the world, the majority of the world will go to hell, not because God appointed men into wrath, 
not because God appointed man to hell, because men don't want to accept Christ. That's the problem. Men don't want to repent because sin is pleasurable. Sin is lustful. Sin is enjoyment. Sin is destructive. Sin is ugly. Sin is rotten, stinking, and people love sin. The reason they love sin is because they were born in shape in iniquity. And so if they were born in shape in iniquity, they're only going to do what they, the nature calls them to do. But the only way that you can be washed in the blood is through Jesus Christ, for his name is above every name. So you telling me, a preacher bizarre, you're telling me that if I be good, don't smoke, don't drink, go to church every Sunday, live a good life, you mean to tell me I can't go to heaven? Absolutely. You still can't go to heaven. You still can't go to heaven. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how white you are. I don't care how white you are. I don't care how black you are. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how whiz of a, 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 the recognition of a person you are. You cannot go to heaven unless your soul be washed and sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your soul has to come to the cross. The highest song, the most unique song in the whole gospel realm of the universe is Jesus keep me near the cross. The near the cross you can be near the church building, but if you ain't near the cross, if you don't know nothing about the cross, if you never experienced the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're lost. You're on your way to hell. You're not, you're not going to hell because you're good or because you're bad. You're going to hell because you're rejecting. You're, you, you, you're reneging. You're ignoring the suffering. The suffering. The suffering of Jesus. He suffered for your sin. He died for your sin. He was whipped and put on the cross half naked. He was put on the cross half naked. They took nails and nailed through his wrist, through his hand, and they hung him high and stretched him wide. They hung him until the angels in heaven had to prune the wings because they couldn't understand the suffering of Jesus Christ. And men today can't understand the suffering of Jesus Christ. Why do he have to suffer? Because sin is suffering. Sin caused suffering. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they even suffered, was introduced to the world. And ever since then, men have been suffering, suffering in sorrow and disappointment and anxieties and all kinds of sin that Lucifer has called men to do. And Jesus Christ came down here and took all that, all that on his body. He took all of it. He took it all. And when he got in the Garden of Gethsemane, he bowed down on his knees. And he called out to his father, said, Father, Father, if your will, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus was saying, I will pray the Father. I will pray the Father. He didn't say, I will pray to the Father. He said, I will pray the Father. And he prayed three prayers. Let this cup pass from me. And the third time he said, 
not my will, but let your will be done. What was Jesus saying? The humanity was saying, the humanity of Jesus was saying, Lord, if there's another way and another avenue that I, I could go without going to the cross, let me take it. Then he said, not my will, but your will be done. The most awful, drastic, debauchery thing that was done ever in human history was when Jesus took the sins of the world upon his body and they nailed him to a cross. Because when he died, he died for the whoremonger. He died for the adulterer. He died for the liar. He died for the homosexual. He died for the... For, for, for the lesbianism, he died for the drunkard, he died for the incest, he died for the, all the sins of mankind was nailed to the cross. You hear what I said? For me, for you, for the whole round world. There is no other man. There's no other deity. There's no other power. There's no other Jesus. There is no other God that could have did what Jesus done on Calvary. Now, if there's no other God, no, no other Christ that could have did it, then who's going to do it if they didn't do it? If God the Father didn't come to be the Son, Manifest himself in flesh and let himself be crucified and emulsified. They stripped him down and they whipped him 39 times until his face, his body couldn't even be recognized. And he hollered, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God turned his back on himself and took his son, himself, and let him feel the wrath of God. The wrath of God was put on Jesus Christ so it wouldn't have to be God's wrath upon you. Because if you refuse, you refuse the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross and receive the power of the Holy Ghost and be washed in the blood, you are going to fall under the wrath of God Almighty. Your sins are going to be in hell with you, and you're going to be punished forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forever for your own sins. You don't want to die and go to hell because of your own sins. You may think it's funny. You may think it's not real. You might try to deny it, but there is a hell. There is a place where the wicked, the wicked are going to be punished forever because they rejected the ultimate, good God Almighty, the ultimate sacrifice that God Almighty made to himself, his son, Jesus Christ. There was no other way God could, could save man. There was no other way that God could save man but through offering his own self through Christ. That's what happened. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost 
all three are one. There is no individual. There's no individual. There's no three heads sitting on the throne. There's only one head, and that God head is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It's all in one, and God did it all, 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 all by himself. Woo! So that men may have a perpetuator, that men may have an advocate, that men can be reconciled back to God, back to God through Christ. Come to Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the truth. No man can get to the Father but by him. You can't get to God but by Jesus Christ. You can't go to the Pope. You can't go to the preacher. You can't go to the uh, uh, altar and give your money. And you can't go by your looks. You can't go by your money. You can't go by how much you know. You can't go nothing but by Jesus Christ to get to God Almighty. Because God is the Spirit. And those that worship him must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Man, that's why I'm putting the emphasis on Christ. Because in him dwell the whole Godhead bodily. Jesus Christ, when you see Jesus Christ, you're looking at God Almighty in the flesh. Yes, you are. You're looking at God Almighty in the flesh because no man can look upon God in the spirit. For he is too holy. He is too righteous. He is too sanctified. He is separated from sin. But he became a sin offering and took our sins. Why? Because he was capable enough to take our sin because he was sinless. He's a sinless sacrifice. He's a slain lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's the root and offspring of David. He's the bright and morning star. He's the almighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's over 365 names in the whole Bible that describes Christ, who he is. And most of all, we know him as Jesus Christ, son of the living God. He's coming back to the earth. He's coming back. And soon he's coming back. The world don't have no but a short time, a short time. The rapture is just right around the corner. The rapture, I believe this year, I believe this year with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, that Jesus Christ will be here before 2023 is over because there are three more feast days to be fulfilled before Christ raptures the church. And that feast day, is one is called Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Yom Kippur, and Feast of Tabernacle. Three, these three feast days is yet to be fulfilled because the other first four have been fulfilled, and that's the fulfilled of the Passover, the unleavened bread, the first fruit of them that slept, and the day of Pentecost. Those all four have been fulfilled, and God is on time. And I believe that this year will make the 71st year that Israel has become a nation and been a nation for 71 years. And I believe that tell me that the temple's getting ready to be rebuilt and the Jews now are looking for what? What are the Jews looking for? The Jews are looking for the Antichrist. The Jews are looking for the Antichrist. They are preparing the third temple in Jerusalem right now. Every day, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. And the Jews now is working on the temple 
and this will be the third temple that be, will be rebuilt during the time of the tribulation period. And the tribulation period is almost here, and the Jews are building the temple. They're getting it under construction. They got the priests. They got the five helpers, the five red helpers to offer sacrifice. They're getting the place in which they're going to build it, and when they build it, they're going to build it. Why? Because the Jews still believe that the old sacrificial way of making atonement sin is still done under the Judaism, and Judaism is done. Did you hear what I said? I said Judaism is done. No longer. The Jews got power enough to use animals for the sacrifice of sin. In the Old Testament, it was liable. It was it was needful because number one, they tell me it was a type and shadow, a type and shadow of a better, way better, 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 better sacrifice. And this sacrifice could be none other than Jesus Christ because he was the ultimate sacrifice. God himself gave his son that through his son that he could die, and when he died, he'd be resurrected from the dead and pay what? Pay for what? Pay for the penalty of sin. Pay for the defeat of the devil, Lucifer, Belzebub. Pay for the sin of all the wicked fallen angels that have what? Caused the world to be in such shape it is now. And every demon, every cohort, Every satire, every Nephilim, every rotten, low-down, conniving spirit will be judged by the great God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the world now is being judged. All the floods that we have, all the rain that we have, all the earthquakes we have, all the food is running out. They tell me the social security is running out. They tell me retirement is running out. Men today don't know what to do. Men today are worried about tomorrow, but I ain't worried about tomorrow because I know who holds tomorrow, and he holds tomorrow after tomorrow. I don't worry about nothing because I know God is in his hand, and the world is saying today, what we going to do? What we going to do? You know what people are doing today? They're digging holes in the ground. They're making bunkers. They're going out in the woods. They're taking fruit. They're taking all kinds of all kinds of weaponry. They're taking all kinds of gear, going and living in the woods. They're going into the mountains, into the caves, in the rocks. They're trying to hide from the return of Jesus Christ. And the world today has been deceived because the majority of the world don't believe, don't believe that Christ is soon to come. They don't believe he's coming back. And Jesus said, I'm coming back. In my Father's house are many a mansion. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, you can be there also. If Jesus Christ came the first time and it took him 4,000 years to get here, and he said the second time I come is going to be 2,000 years. And don't you know the 2,000 years are up? The 2,000 years is almost up. The reason I know it's almost up because every Bible prophecy that the Lord said is going to happen, and this is the last prophecy in the book of Revelation, it tells you exactly what's going to happen at the very last days just before Christ comes. 
and that is in Revelation, third chapter, 14th verse, the church of Laodicea, the church of Laodicea, that wicked church, that carnal church, that lying church, that homosexual church, all people, all people that have not received Jesus Christ will link up with this church. This church is called Laodicea. And let's see what the Bible says about this church just before Christ comes back and gets the true church. Because the true church belongs to Jesus Christ. Why? Because they've been washed in the blood. They have repented of their sin. They're living holy, talking holy, and expressing the holiness of God. They love one another. They love one another. This church is filled with the love of God in their heart. And those that don't have, amen, the, 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 the ultimate love of God, they need to grow in Christ. They need to grow up. We need to get closer to the Lord that we can be found in his love when he comes. In the church of Laodicea, he says, Into the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write. I want you to write this. And he's writing it to what? He's writing it to the pastor of the church. This church existed in ancient time. It existed in medieval time. And exists as modern today. This is the late Ossidian church. This is the last church age. It will be the end of the church age, not the end of the world. You hear what I said? The end of the church age. Because after the church is raptured up, there is going to be a what? A seven-year judgment or the seven-year tribulation or the seventh week spoken by Daniel the prophet. Daniel the prophet said before Christ comes back to the earth, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation because there's two phases of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first, the first phase is called the rapture. The second phase is called the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is when Christ comes back with the church after he has been in heaven for seven years. He comes back with the church, Woo! with the church, with the church. The church of what? The church of the living God. The church that he purchased with his own blood. The church that he died on the cross for. He died on the cross for the church. Name somebody else that died on the cross and got up from the grave and ascended up to death. Name me somebody. Come on, demons. Come on, devils. Name me somebody. You can't name nobody because there's no other name greater than the name of Jesus Christ. He is the one that made the sacrifice. He is the one that veiled temple in it. He is the one that got up on the third day morning. He is the one that said he's coming back. And he's coming back in the time of the Laodicean church. What kind of church is this? Laodicean church. This is an apostate church. We do not know when it began, but we do know it has begun. It is the last church addressed by Christ. So that means the rapture will take place very shortly. This is the last church that Jesus Christ spoke to. And there are seven churches. The church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, the church of Pergamos, the church of Thyatira, the church of Sardis, the church of Philadelphia, and the church of Laodicea. And out of all seven churches, good God Almighty, all seven churches, only two churches out of seven churches 
Those two churches that were upgraded, those two churches were true to God, those two churches that held the faith, those two churches that didn't give up the faith, was Smyrna and Philadelphia. Smyrna means a persecuted church, those that were persecuted in the ancient of time, back there in the 70, uh, 70 up to three, 300 A.D., they suffered, they were killed, they were murdered, they were hung. And the devil said, well, I can't get rid of them because the more he killed, the more people were getting saved. And then you got the church of what? Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. That's the church of evangelism. And evangelism couldn't start until the 1800s to the 1900s. And evangelism is worldwide now. Why? Because of communication. We got TV. We got radio. We got Internet. We got Instagram. We got YouTube. We got all kinds of communication. We got over 600 satellites circling the earth. And this satellite, the gospel is ringing over these satellites getting to your TV set. The reason why? Because it's an evangelistic church. Men are being preached to around the world all in one day. They tell me there's over 8 billion people on the earth today, and it is possible for somebody somewhere, everywhere, to hear the gospel through all this new technology that we have. We can spread the gospel around the world. It's it's the gospel of the evangelist world because church service is almost over. Pretty soon, the church will be going home. There won't be no more church here on earth because the church will be in heaven. And while we're being in heaven, there'll be a seven-year tribulation going here on earth. So the rapture will take place very shortly. And by that taking place very shortly, that means that if you ain't right with God, if you are not saved, if you have not been sanctified, if you have not crucified yourself with Jesus Christ and gave your life to Christ, been filled with the Holy Ghost, running for your life, guess what? If you haven't been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, you will be left here on earth. You will have to face the Antichrist because the church is going to be headed for the judgment seat of Christ. That is the first phase of first phase of the two phases that Christ is going to come. He's coming and he's going to be suspended in midair in the third heaven, and that place is going to be the place for the judgment of judgment of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ will take place for the church. The church is headed for the judgment seat of Christ. That's where we're headed. That's where Brother Bazaar is getting ready to go. That's where Bazaar is ready to go. Hallelujah. Not what I've done. I ain't done nothing but confess my sins to Jesus Christ and ask him to come into my life. That's the only thing I've done. And guess what? He saved my soul. I can't work my way to heaven. I cannot dress up and go to heaven. I cannot have a whole lot of money and go to heaven. I cannot have a big education and go to heaven. I've got to come by the cross. The cross of Christ that Jesus Christ hung on Calvary. They hung him. They crucified him. They said, if you be the son of God, why don't you come down? Why don't you save yourself? You can save others. Why don't you save yourself? But Jesus Christ has something else in his mind. He said, the only thing that's holding me up here is the love that I have 
from humanity. It's a love that I'm letting myself be crucified. It's a love that I know this is the only way, the only way that God can redeem man, that God ain't got no other way. God does not have another way to save man. The only way that he has and that it will last forever is through his son. So if you come through the son, you can know the father. You can't know the father unless you come through the son. You come through the son, you acknowledge the father. Woo! If you acknowledge the father, you have the son. They're both one. You know them in a minute. You confess with your mouth and bleed with your heart. You know them right then and there. But you got to repent. You got to turn from sin. Turn. Make a complete bow face of 180 degrees. Because when Christ comes, it's going to be like a twinkling of an eye. It's going to be so swift that the world will not know what's going on. It'll take about two weeks for them to recognize that it is the rapture of the church. The church is gone. Those that don't know Jesus Christ will be left here on this planet. And that's when all hell, listen to me, all hell, H-E-L-L-L-L-L-L-L, will break loose. And right now, you can see it in the news, you can see it on TV, you can hear it, you can know it, that we see the condition of the world today, men are going mad, crazy mad, insane mad, mad at God, mad at themselves, mad at everybody they look at. They're killing and murdering and rape, and there's child pornography. Lord have mercy. Look at here. Look at here. Look at here. Look what we're dealing with. We're dealing with some stuff that's boggling your mind. We're dealing with stuff that you won't believe what's going on. We're dealing with stuff, amen, that you wouldn't think you were finding a garbage can. But let me tell you, we're finding everything in the garbage can, and that garbage can is hell. Everything is busting out of hell now. Hell is raging. The devil's mad. He's trying to destroy all of the human race, but he can't do it. He knows that there's no redemption in him. Amen. He can't redeem nobody, and God is not going to redeem him. He is damned. He is damned. He is damned forever. And all his cords and all his plans that he had is going into the pits of hell. Why, don't you know we got everything in satanic world that's turned people up? We got the baffle nets. We got the Freemasonry. We got octopus deers. We got the United Nations. We got the Knight Templars. We got the Skull and Bone. We got the Council of Foreign Relations. We got the Bilderbergs. We got the Jesuits. We got the Illuminati. We got the Satanists. We got Luciferian. We got child prostitution. We got child porn. We got child sacrifice. We got abortion. We got the incest. We got Sodomite. We got Moloch. We got Baal. We got all this stuff that rampages in the earth. And we got this in that church. 
Laodicea. Laodicea is the last church age. It's the end of the church age. It's going to be the end of Sunday school. It's going to be the end of revivals. It's going to be the end of that forever. The church will no longer be on the earth. The next time the church comes back to earth is found in the 19th chapter of Revelation. The church comes back with Christ to the earth. Let's get Revelation 19 and 11. 19 and 11. 19 and 11 says this. This is what it says. This is the church. This is the literally a visible appearing of Jesus Christ. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He who sat upon him was called faithful and true. Jesus Christ is faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. His eyes were flame of fire, and on his head were many clouds. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed, good God Almighty, with the best of dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Now listen to this. This is where the church comes in. And the armies, what armies? The church is an army. The church has been on the battlefield for 2,000 years. The church has been on the battlefield. And out of 2,000 years, I've been on the battlefield for 58 years, preaching the gospel, telling somebody, you need Jesus Christ. He's coming back again. You see the wars and rumors of war. You see pestilence and diseases. You see earthquakes and famines. You see wars and triple wars. You see mountains caving in. You see volcanoes shoot up out the air. You see the weather is misfitting. The weather is confused. But they tell me this was a sign of the return of Jesus Christ. And the armies that's going to follow him ever is known as the church. These armies are the saints of God. In fact, all saints who have ever lived, needed, we will be with him at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Clothed and fine, fine linen, white and clean. Hark back to the verse 8. It is the righteousness of the saints, all made possible by what? By the cross. It's God Almighty. The whiteness, the white gown, the soul is white. The soul is clean. It's made pure by the blood of Jesus Christ. I know we got this old earthly body now. This old earthly body is, is ingrown with sin. It, it, it can't be eradicated. But the Bible tells me in a moment of the twinkling of the eye, this body, woo, this body shall be changed. What you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about this body. What body? This old carnal body. This old body that's been with me for the last 78 years. This old body that's, amen, that's prone to sin. But thank God, through the Holy Spirit, uh, 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 the Lord tell me, I'm going to give you some control. And this control is the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost ooh, can overcome the flesh. The Holy Ghost is power. The Holy Ghost is the blood of Christ. The Holy Ghost was shed on Calvary through the blood. And the blood was the one that without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. I said the Holy Ghost 
is Jesus Christ and the Spirit living in me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've got the power through Jesus Christ and him only. Listen to what this says. Listen to what it says. It says this in the book of Corinthians. Listen to what it says. It says <clears throat> the resurrected body, the resurrected body that we're going to have when we come back with Jesus Christ. And when he raptures the church, he's going to change his body. Apostle Paul said this in, what, the 15th chapter, the 35th verse. It says, but some men, but some men will say, how are the dead raised? And with what body do they come? You fool. So is not quickened. That which you sow is not quickened, except it die. And that which you have sowed, you sow not that body that shall be, but bear gain. It may chance a wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as it has pleased him. And to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of fish, another flesh of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies, terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another of the moon and another of the stars. For one star different from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, but it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. This refers to the awfulness and dignity of the dust to dust and earth to earth. It is risen in glory, the same body, but glorified. It is sown in weakness, death. It is raised in power, life. It is sown in the natural body. It is raised in the spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul, the natural body. Last Adam, Christ, was made a quickened spirit. How bit was not the first which is spiritual? but that which is natural, and after that, which is the spiritual. The first man, Adam, is of the earth, materialistic. The second man, Christ, is the Lord from heaven. As the earthly, such are those also are earthly. And as if the heavenly, so are those which are heavenly. And as we have bore the image of earthly, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh, listen, that flesh and blood, this flesh that I have on and this blood that's in my body shall do what? Cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. But I show you a mystery. Here's the rapture. But I show you a mystery. Not all sleep. But we shall be what? Changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For, for this corruption must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass, saying, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through what? Come on. No. Yes, it is. Yeah. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unremovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. My God, can you see what Apostle Paul is talking about? He's talking about this year, this rapture, where the world is saying there's no such thing as a rapture. There's, there's a there's a post-rapture, there's a pre-rapture, there's a uh, mid-rapture. But one thing about it, the Bible teaches there is a what? There is a post-rapture. In other words, the rapture will occur, and then the Antichrist will come. Before the tribulation can come, they tell me the church got to be removed because the church in Israel cannot be on the earth at the same time because at the time that the church is here, it's the church's job to preach the gospel of grace. But after the rapture of the church, there won't be nobody here to preach the gospel. But God got somebody. Oh, yes, he does. He got somebody. And the Bible tells me in the book of Revelation, in the seventh chapter, Four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, and they tell me, don't do no harm until I see 144,000. 144,000 will arrive after the rapture of the church because Israel will have to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Since Israel have never as a nation stood up for the Messiah and claimed the, the Messiah, they have an opportunity that God is going to give them because God owes them 490 years that God said, I'm going to deal with Israel. And they tell me at the cross, the Jews were cut off at 483 years. And by them being cut off for 483 years, God said, I'm going to give you seven more years at the end of time. And at the end of time, you're going to preach the gospel unto the nations, unto the leaders and kings and priests. You're going to preach it uh, for three and one half years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The Jews are going to preach the gospel during the seven-year tribulation, the first three and one-half years. The Jews are going to preach the gospel of what? Of the kingdom. They're going to preach that Jesus Christ died and rose again, and he's literally coming back to set up a millennial kingdom. That's where all sin, except one, will be eliminated. Ooh. All sin will be eliminated during the millennium reign. The millennium reign is when Jesus Christ comes back with the church and set up the millennium kingdom. It will come after the battle of Armageddon. It will come after Satan has been put in the bottomless pit 
and be in there for a thousand years, and the millennium reign will be orchestrated by God himself, which will be called a theocracy government. God will rule. God will rule. God will rule through his son, Jesus Christ, and that is called the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. And the Jewish nation will become the head of all the Gentile nations, and they will be the leader of the priesthood act. They will be the leader, and they will be the ones that orchestrated teachings and, and, and ordinance and everything. The Jews will be back in the rightful place with Jesus Christ, and there's going to be a remnant that be saved. The first three and one half years. How is God going to do that? In the seventh chapter, in the seventh chapter of what? Revelation. John looks up and he says, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, represent university of God's administration, the four winds of the earth, actually referred to the judgment which will be stopped for a short period of time that the wind should not blow upon the earth, nor sea, nor any tree. The wind of judgment strive to be turned loose, but they are held in obedience by the omnipotent of the Almighty. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. Good God Almighty. This is a tribulation period now. Church is not here at this time. In fact, the church leaves at the fourth chapter of Revelation. You read the fourth chapter of Revelation, you will read the fourth chapter, and John said, I was caught up in the spirit. When he's caught up in the spirit, he was referring to the whole church of the living God will be caught up in the middle of the air in the spirit, in the new body, in the transformation of an immortal body, and they will be at the judgment seat of Christ. And he says, beginning of the restoration of Israel, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, until we have what? Sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. This is not literally, but rather a token as the sprinkling of the blood on the linen protects the house from the destroying the angels at the first Passover. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. Now, here's the number. Not Jehovah's Witness, not the Baptist, not the Catholic, not the Presbyterian, not nothing to do with the Gentile nation. It all dealing with the Jewish nation. And he said, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000. All the tribes of the children of Israel, 12,000 from each tribe, but these are the first fruit of Israel, which are included in the first resurrection, and all of the Israel coming to Christ at the second coming. And out of all these tribes, out of the tribe of Judah, 12,000, out of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, out of the tribe of Gad, 12,000, out of the tribe of Asher, 12,000, out of the tribe of Nephilim, 12,000, out of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, out of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000, out of the tribe of Levi, 12,000, out of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, out of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, out of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, out of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000, 12 times 12, 
thousand equals one hundred and forty-four thousand evangelist Jewish men that are virgins that never touch anything and defile themselves. They will preach around the world for three and one half years, which equals one thousand two hundred and sixty days, which equals forty-two months. It equals times and times and dividing time. They will preach the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel that the Jews have to fulfill in order to fulfill the 490 days that will be fulfilled during the tribulation period. And guess what? It's going to be down tonight. You've got 144,000 sticks of dynamite that's going to blow the world to salvation. The world is going to recognize, a great multitude is going to recognize that this Christ that the Jews have rejected for over 2,600 years are claiming that he is the true Messiah during the tribulation period. And after they got through preaching, three and one half years later, at the end of the first part of the 1,260 days, John in the ninth verse. Good God Almighty, listen what it says. And after this I beheld, lo, a great multitude pertaining to mortals who gave their lives for Christ Jesus in the great tribulation, which no man can number. Of all nations, you hear what I said? You hear what I said that the Bible says? All nations. All kindred and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around and about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts. And fell upon, fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessed and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might unto our God forever and ever. And one, I said, one of the elders saying unto me, proclaim one of the 24 addressing. And they said, John's mind have not been asked. What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And which came they? And I said unto him, Sir, you know. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. Now these are the ones that heard the gospel from the Jewish people, 144,000, and all those that heard, both Jew and Gentile, they heard them preach for three and one half years. After the three and one half years, there was a great multitude, a great multitude. And it says in the 15th verse, Therefore are they before the throne of God serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun smite them on them or any heat. And they asked the question, what's the number? A number that no man can number. 
as many as the sands of the sea, they will go through the great tribulation. They will be slaughtered during the tribulation period by the Antichrist. The Antichrist is Lucifer, Satan, the devil, Beelzebub, the wicked one. That is his masterpiece to come on the earth. This is what I'm saying. Come on the earth and deceive the multitude that rejected Jesus Christ during the church age, that that will reject Jesus Christ during the tribulation age. These people will not receive Christ because they don't believe that the real Christ has died and rose again, but they will believe the Antichrist because they see him. They see him do miracles. He partially brings the world out of chaos. And the world right now is headed for chaos. It's headed for destruction. America is headed for destruction because of the sins that they have denied their only true living God Almighty. And they are telling people there is no God. They're telling people you don't have to get saved. They're telling people uh, 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 there ain't no thing as a burial resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's a time coming that the Antichrist will come. And when is the Antichrist coming? When is this critter coming? Well, this critter is coming right after the rapture of the church. Who says so? Apostle Paul, 2 Thessalonians, 2nd chapter, tells us exactly what's going to happen and what's happening now. Right now, we're living in the church age. Right now, we're living in the last church age. Right now, the next great event, the great event, which will follow up to what's happening now. The next great event is the catching away. Christ catches us away tomorrow. In order for Christ to catch us away tomorrow, the Antichrist has to be on the earth now. Now, he has to be full grown. He has to be a king. He has to be a prince. He has to be a king of a country. He has to have good recognition. He has to be real smart. He has to be a a genius. He has to be a mark of Satan's brand. And what I mean a mark of Satan's brand, I mean he has to have authenticity of the mark of Satan. And Satan is the one that's going to use this man. The devil already got him in line. The devil is getting ready to let him bring forth after the rapture. No rapture, he can't come. He's here, though, and he's full grown. And by him being full grown, that means that the church is almost ready to get up out of here. Apostle Paul breaks it down to us. And tells us how this thing is going to happen. In the second chapter, 
First verse says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him. That's the rapture. We're going to gather together unto him. We're going to be excommunicated. We're going to have that changed body. We're going to have a new look, a new walk. We're going to be perfect. We're going to have perfect body. Our souls will be perfected to the extent. Apostle Paul said, the gathering together unto him, unto Jesus Christ, at the what? Judgment seat of Christ, in the midst of the heavenlies, in the midst of the heavens of heavens. Second verse said that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. False doctrines does this. Messages and tongues and interpreting which purport to be of the Lord but really were not pertain to those who claim to have a word from the Lord. Someone who had written a letter and a certain prophetic thing and evidence had signed, Paul named it, which means it is forgery. It's a lie. Don't be so shaken by word, by letter from us. As the day of the Lord is at hand, the day of Christ, excuse me, the day of Christ is at hand. That means the judgment seat of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, a falling away from the doctrine, the doctrine of God. The doctrine of God is that Jesus Christ, the highest doctrine in the Bible. Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, seen in the flesh, handled in the flesh, walked on the water, healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils, did all the miracles that no other man ever did in the whole of the universe. Let no man deceive you, for that day come except they come up falling away. Where are they falling away? They're falling away from the doctrine of the cross, the doctrine of the cross, that Jesus Christ is God Almighty and that he died. He died on Calvary. Oh, yes, he did. He died till hell had convulsions. He died until heaven had to prune the wings. He died until the earthquake. He died until hell had convulsions. He died, yes, he did, stayed in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And he got up on what? Sunday morning with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. And he's been up ever since then. And when he went down to the grave, he cleaned it out. He took all the saints in the Old Testament, and he's been taking saints from, from then on. They go to heaven. They don't go to paradise down in the heart of the earth no more. They go in the presence of God. Woo! Let no man deceive you. There shall come a falling away. People have a church formed today. They just go to church, go to church, go to church, go to church. Never change, never change. You can go to church and never have to change and then die and go to hell. Going to church don't save you. <laughs> the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourselves together, for we know that the day is approaching. In other words, you should go to 
house of God to get the word and learn the word and know the word and, and rightly divide the word of truth. You're going to have fellowship one with another and talk about the return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and express it to the people that he's coming back. Express them about the cross. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. There's, without the shedding of blood, there's no sanctification. That day should not come. Jesus Christ ain't gonna come to them come up falling away. People don't sing hymns no more. They sing this old rap stuff. The pivot the pop and the pivot the pop and the pivot the pop. You don't know what they're saying. They're just jumping and hopping and leaping all over the place. Don't have no life to live for. Ain't living for nothing. Hey, they're always in trouble. Hey, Amen. Calling themselves being a child of God. Don't you know something? The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separated, say the Lord. Oh, yes, indeed. Because when Christ comes, he's coming after what? A spotless church without a spot or a wrinkle. And he's going to catch them up. And he's going to change the body so there won't be no spots and no wrinkles at the judgment seat of Christ. This is what it said. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That day shall not come and when that day comes, the son of perdition will be revealed. The Antichrist will be revealed. Revealed to what? Revealed to the world. For the last time, the devil, down through the hands of time, have always tried to raise up false Christ and tried to make the people believe that they are Jesus Christ. There's only one man that can claim the deity of Jesus Christ, and that's Jesus Christ himself, God Almighty himself. But down through the annals of time, there's been over 50 or even more dictators that have claimed to be Jesus Christ and be God Almighty and nothing but liars, liars. The devil wants to be like God, and he can't do it. He never will do it. He's been trying for 6,000 years to overturn God and to deny God and to eliminate God. He can't do it because God is God all by himself. He's the one that made Lucifer. He's the one that can control Lucifer. He's the only one that can tell Lucifer, you can't do this, you can't do that. And guess what? He's got to listen. And so that man's sin will be revealed. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he has God sit in the temple of God. What you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the Antichrist coming and sitting in the temple that the Jews are going to make and build within the next year, 2023. In 2023, they tell me that they tell me that this Antichrist will okay the temple, what the Jews are preparing today. And ever since they came back into the land, since 1948, their main goal was to regain the Wailing Wall. Their main goal was to regain the temple site. The main goal was to build a temple. The main goal was to bring back old sacrificial offerings as they did it in Judaism for 3,000 years. The main goal was to claim that this man that's going to come on the scene and give him the okay to become 
Jesus Christ, the false Christ, the Antichrist, showing himself that he is God. This proclaims his announcement of deity as it regards himself. So this Antichrist man that's coming on the scene will bring upon himself to be Jesus. And some Jews in Jerusalem today has claimed that they know who the Antichrist is. They are looking for him. They want him. They want him because during the tribulation period, after the rapture of the church, the Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant with the nation of Israel and promise them that he will protect them for seven years under his reign. And the Jews will ask him, will you sign a pact with us that we can build our temple and that we will have a seven-year pact with you? And the Antichrist will say, well done. I will give you the permission to offer sacrifices that you have been doing in the Old Testament realm, and the Jews will shout with joy because they believe that this is the true Christ, when it is not the true Christ. It is the Antichrist. And the way that Jerusalem now is getting ready to build a temple within the end of 2023, good Lord from heaven. Don't you know it's in preparation now for the rapture of the church to be removed and catch the people of saints of God into the air and the Antichrist will, will come on the Feast of Trumpets? Don't you know the Yom Kippur is a feast day that shows the return of Jesus Christ on earth? Don't you know the Feast of Tabernacles show you the millennial reign of Jesus Christ? Don't you know these are Jewish analogs? These are Jewish feast days that God is going by because the Jews is God's timepiece. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give glory to God. The Jews is God's timepiece. God is running off the Jewish calendar, 360 days in a year, not 365. And Pastor Paul said this. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he, the church, who now lets, will let, until he be taken out of the way. What? The church will be taken out of the way. The bride of Christ. And the reason it says church, because Jesus Christ is a, ooh, Jesus Christ is a man. And Jesus Christ is a man, he's going to have a man body. The man's body is the church. But Jesus Christ used it in Ephesians as the church, Christ being the head of the church, and the church is Christ's bride. Yes, we are married in the spirit. So the church is male. Christ is not coming back after a 
female church. He's coming out as male church is his body. Because whether you whether you're Jew or Gentile, you're all one in the body of Christ. So don't get that mixed up. He says here, he be taken out of the way. The church will be taken away. And then he says in the eighth verse, and then after the rapture of the church, shall the wicked one, the Antichrist, be revealed, proven conclusive, that the rapture takes place before the great tribulation, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Lord, have mercy. Listen what it said. After the seven-year tribulation is over and the world church comes together and Satan gets his church together of false believers, hypocrites, liars, whoremongers, drug addicts, all these unregenerated people who have rejected Jesus Christ come under one umbrella and unite together as being the bride of Satan's church, and Satan will destroy his own body because when he gets in the middle of the tribulation, woo, the devil is going to break the covenant with Israel and go after his church, and the church will be the false Wicked people who deny, who deny, who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will fall under the hand of the Antichrist. Listen to what it says. Even him, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan, means that Satan is the sponsor of the Antichrist. With all power and signs, and lying wonders. In other words, it's going to proclaim the fact that the Antichrist rise to power, at least in the beginning, will be very religious. And with all deceitfulness and unrighteousness in them that perish, refers the fact that all lying powers and lying signs and lying wonders will be used to deceive the world. The world has been deceived. The world has been deceived. The world has been deceived. The devil has deceived the world from the time of the Garden of Eden all the way over to 2023. This man that's going to sit in the temple is alive. I'm here to tell you that. He's alive. He is alive more than you think he is. A lot of people say, well, where do he come from? Who is he? Where is he? What country is he coming from? How, what does he look like? Is he, is he on the scene today? I, 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 I ain't seen him. Yes, you have. You've seen him and don't even know it. According to the word of God, where I'm coming from, this is fact. Daniel said, I know where he's coming from. He's coming from the 10 European Common Market Union. He's coming from ten, one of the ten nations out of Western Europe. That's where he's coming from. Is he alive today? Yes. Born in 1968. Born in 1968 will put him at the age of 52, about 52 years old today. Grown man. Grown man. Fully equipped. Fully experienced. Yes, he is. The Bible said he would have to be a king on the scene. In other words, they ain't going to make him king. He's going to become king. He is king now. He's the wicked one. He's the antichrist. 
He's the one that's going to try to claim the deity of God Almighty through Lucifer. Daniel said, I saw ten toes. I saw ten toes. And these ten toes represent the ten European carbon market union. Listen to me now. The ten European market union. These ten toes exist today, my friend. And here they are. The ten toes are Denmark, Great Britain, Ireland, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, West Germany, France, Italy, and Greece. These are the ten toes today, not tomorrow, not one second from now, but now. These are the ten toes, and they call themselves the European Union or NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization that was signed in 1948. From 1948 until 2023, these, these ten toes are fully grown. They're fully equipped. They are getting ready for a war right now with Russia, with China, and with the Eastern Union and the Eastern Nation. These ten toes is what Daniel talked about it, and Daniel looked at it, and he got sick off of seeing 26 years ahead of human history that God gave him in a dream. When he had this dream, he was sick for two weeks. He couldn't even understand what was going on. And God told him to shut up the book. Don't write no more until the time of the end. And he said, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And now we got knowledge that's covering the face of the earth, and we got knowledge of the word of God, and we got knowledge of NATO, we got knowledge of these ten kings, and then Daniel looked around, and he kept on looking, he said, wait a minute. Now get a hold of this, my friend. Get a hold of this. I want you to look this up on your YouTube. Get a hold of this. Daniel saw ten horns. The last one that came on the scene was 1981. From 1981 to 1986, there was 11 horns. But Daniel said, I saw another little horn come up from the monks among them, among the other 10 horns. And this little horn had eyes like a man and spoke great things against the most high. This is the only horn that's out of the ten horns that had eyes and spoke great things. And so this little horn is representing the Antichrist because he has eyes, intelligence, and he has a mouth that says great things against the Most High. And the only thing that's going to speak against the Most High is Lucifer and his beams and his devils and his core. The only thing on the face of this earth that ever will speak against God is the devil and mankind. But most of the devil and the human nature speaks against God, and the devil speaks against God, and the world speaks against God. And so this man will be leading the world into the age of destruction. And I, after all these ten countries that got together, in 1986, the 11th horn came forth. The 11th horn came forth. 
Now, check this out real good. Put this in your notebook. Read your Bible. Fall down on your knees and cry out to God and say, Lord Jesus, give me the interpretation of this dream and what Daniel dreamed and let me go down to the uh, uh, public library and get me some Whitaker encyclopedias and get me some Botanical encyclopedias and get me a couple of commentaries, maybe read on that and get my Bible and read exactly the history of time because that's what Daniel saw. He saw history of time from 606 B.C. all the way down to 2023 and crossed over into the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to this. In 1986, the leveled horn came up. And this leveled horn is the country of Spain. Spain is the leveled country. I'll say it again. Spain is the 11th country that came up. I'll back up a little bit some human history. The Bible tells you about human history. In 1931, Generalissimo Franco called a man out of Rome. His name was Don Juan. Don Juan had a son. And his son was named Juan Carlos. And at the age 1938, Juan Carlos was called from Spain to go call from Rome, born in Rome. He was called from Rome to go to Spain because Generalissimo Franco wanted to train him as being the next king of Spain. And the next king of Spain from 1931 to 1975, Generalissimo Franco died. When he died, Juan Carlos took charge of Spain. When he took charge of Spain, Juan Carlos got married in 1962. 1962, he married Sofia. And when he married Sofia in 1962, he had three children. He had three children. He had two Two, two daughters and one son. His son was born in 1968. And from 1968 until 2014, he named his son at birth King Felipe. King Felipe. And now King Felipe is 51 of 52 years old. And in 2014, when Juan Carlos got old and great, about 80 years old, close to 80 years old, he could not be king of no more. So he shifted the throne to his son and gave him the right heir of the throne to be the king of Spain. And since 2014 until 2023, King Felipe is the king of Spain. Yes, he is. 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 King of Spain. He stands at six foot six. Got six letters in his name. Born January the third, nineteen sixty-eight. Stands at six foot six. Six name in his name. Six letters in his name. King Felipe. He's a five star. Listen to me now. You got to have some rank. 
to be the king of Spain. You got to have an education. You got to have you got to have a lot of clout. Good God Almighty! Listen, he wasn't just somebody that picked up off the street. He's been hidden from the world from night from 2014 to now. He's been hidden from the world, but now he's been public. He's coming public a little bit. A five-star general. Listen to me, a five-star general. He belonged to the Catholic faith, universal. So he's a universal what? He's a universal black cult. He belongs to the Luciferian. He belongs to the Illuminati. His father, Juan Carlos, was considered as being the king of Jerusalem. And that that authorization ship shipped over to him. He is king of Jerusalem. He is the one that's going to sign the peace treaty. He is the one that suggested Golden Heights giving back. He is the one that's going to institute the Red Heifers. He is the one that's going to say, rebuild the temple. Rebuild the temple. Juan Carlos's son, my friends, is the Antichrist. That's him. That's him up and down. You can search the scriptures. You can search Daniel. You can search Isaiah. You can search Ezekiel. You can search every book in the Bible. And you will find out that this man is the man of the hour getting ready for the tribulation period. The world is in chaos. Somebody in the world is somebody is saying now the world, we need a leader. We need a leader. We need a superhuman man. We need a we need a we need a king. We need somebody that's gonna bring peace to the earth. Obama done tried it. The Bushes done tried it. The Clintons done tried it. The Biden is trying it. Forty five presidents have tried to fix America. Fix the world. Can't do it. Men overseas in Eastern and Western Europe have came up and tried to fix the world. Can't do it. The devil said, I got one more opportunity. And the only thing I want to do is to deceive the people and believe it that this King Felipe is Jesus Christ. And he's not Jesus Christ. He's an instrument that the devil's going to use during the tribulation period. And the world is going to go all wild over him. If I may say so, he's handsome, he's tall, broad-shouldered, walk with stamina, walk with education. He knows 10 foreign languages, 10. And he's alive today. And the world is crying out for help, but they're crying out to the wrong one. They're not crying out to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They're not crying out to the cross. They're not crying out to repentance. They're not crying out. They're crying out 
to reparation. They're crying out to entertainment. They're crying out for all kinds of gimmicks and gadgets to try to wash away this situation. But they can't wash it away because the Bible tells me the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everyone that dwells therein. And if you don't worship it, you are lost. If you don't honor it, you're lost. If you're not saved, you're lost. If you've not been born again, you're lost. If you've not been redeemed, you're lost. So when this man come on the scene, he will be the one that will lead the world into a false peace. When he comes, war is going to break out in the Middle East. Listen to what I'm saying. War will break out in the Middle East, and it's stirring up right now. Ukraine, Belarus, Turkey, Libya, Togomar, these countries are building up armament because there's going to be a war. And Ezekiel breaks it down 2,600 years ago and said, in the last day, Gog and Magog will rise. And God and Magog is rising now. Russia, Russia, Russia is in serious trouble. They don't have food, water, oil, and gas. They're running out. They're running out. Putin is running out. He's not going to stop fighting Ukraine. He wants to eliminate Ukraine. He wants to U- Ukraine run down so that they can do nothing when they get ready to march. Russia's getting ready to march down on the mountain of the holy mountain of the God of Israel. They get ready to march. They get armaments and nuclear armaments. They get bow and arrows. They get horses. They get all kinds of weaponry because they don't want to bomb Israel. They don't want to bomb Israel. What they want to do, they're going to use ancient weaponry to go down on the holy mountain of Israel and conquer Jerusalem because Jerusalem is a centerfold of economical, political power, and religious power. They got power. They got water. They got potash. They got cattle. They got, they got food. They got fresh water everywhere. They got so much stuff. Why? Because God said, I'm a blessed the seed of Abraham. The descendants of Abraham. Abraham begot Jacob. Jacob begot the 12 tribes. Out of the 12 tribes came a root and offspring of David. Jesus Christ come out of there. And when Jesus Christ come out of there, that means they are blessed people and nobody can curse them. Anybody curse them, they're going to be cursed. And so what's happening? What's happening is that this Man of sin. Go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Please do. Please go on YouTube and look up King Philippi. Look up his credentials. Look him up. Look at what horn he was. He was the 11th horn. Look up where he came from, from amongst the other 10 horns. Look how long he's been reigning. Been reigning for about seven years of Jerusalem. And as we go into 2023, you're going to see more. Look at the Jews getting the temple ready, getting the concrete ready. They're getting ready to mold it and build a holies of holies. 
they're getting ready to sacrifice animals because the Jews still believe Judaism is still ineffective, but it's ineffective now because when Christ died and hung on the cross, nine long from nine o'clock in the morning to six, three o'clock in the afternoon, six long hours, they took him down before the seventh hour. And they laid him in the grave. And he went down into the lower parts of the earth. He went to Tartus. He went to Hades. He went to paradise. He didn't go to Gehenna. Because Gehenna is a lake of fire. But he went down in the grave and preached to those in prison and let, set the captives free and led them back up and took them on to paradise, which now paradise is in the presence of God Almighty. So when a saint of God dies, they go directly to heaven because God dispatches, dispatches an angel every time a saint dies. God dispatches an angel from heaven and come down and get their soul and take them to glory. But when a sinner dies, Satan got you. Satan got you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Why he got you? Because he don't see no blood. And where there's no blood, there's no remission of sin. A sinner does not have the blood of Jesus Christ in their life. You've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ in your life through the Holy Spirit because Satan can see the other side of the other dimension. He can see that blood. And when he sees that blood, he can't touch you. He can't touch you. He can touch that old body, but he can't touch my soul. No man can pluck me out of my father's hand. When Christ came, he came and brought eternal redemption to save you forever. Why? Because he loved you so much. He's not going to let Satan snatch you out of his hand because he ain't got that kind of power. Paul said, nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is found in Jesus Christ, not in some preacher, not in TJ's, not in, uh, 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 Lord have mercy, not in nobody. Nobody. Nobody can do what Jesus does. Nobody. You can put all the men together and stack them up, and they can't do nothing equal to what Christ done. Oh, he died on Calvary. Did he die? I'll tell you, Brother Bazaar wasn't there, but I know he died. I know he died. Why? Because he was resurrected. How do I know he was He resurrected my soul. Took my soul out the grave. Death hell in the grave. And he came in. And when he came in, there was a change in my life. I knew that I had passed from death to life because I loved the brothers. The Bible says who? Man say he loved God and hated his brother. He's a liar. And the truth is not in him. Brother, this is it. This is it. The Antichrist is here. The temple building is getting ready. People are doing human sacrifices today. They're sacrificing the babies. They're eating babies. They're drinking their blood. They're doing everything wicked. They're having sex with their own kind. They're having sex with their relatives. Ooh, they're having sex with all these 
Oh, my God, my God, it's a wicked hour. It's a wicked hour. Too much longer. The sky is going to crack. And the church is going to be excommunicated. And we're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ. The old devil can have this earth for seven years. And he's going to rip it apart. And the reason he's going to rip it apart, because people rejects the love of God. They reject the cross. When you reject the cross, rejecting the only way that man could be saved. And the only way man could be saved is through Jesus Christ. This is Donald Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. Going on down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Letting you know. Letting you know the only hope we have is in Jesus Christ. Why don't you come to him tonight? You need him tonight. The only thing you got to do, the only thing you got to do, the only thing you got to do is to repent. Are you sorry for your sins? Are you sorry that you have sinned against the holy God? Do you know that Jesus loves you so much that he's willing enough to come on in and suck with you? That when you die, you will immediately be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? Or you immediately, when you die, you go straight to heaven? Don't you know God has been good to you? Don't you know the only hope we have is in Jesus Christ? You need him tonight. Only thing you've got to do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm undone. I'm cold. I'm miserable. I'm naked. Don't be in the church of Laodicea. Unregenerated, apostate church, have no power at all, have no joy, have no peace. You need Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is peace. I want to let you know God loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his only son. And I know he gave his only son because his son lives in me through the Holy Spirit. I want you to... Make a commitment tonight. Think about what I just got through saying. I hope you could understand what I'm saying. It's in the Bible. And it's in the Bible. I'll tell you one thing. God is able to do exactly what he says to do. Jesus can save your soul tonight. If we get ready to close tonight, I want to give you this song. God's been good to you down through the years. Don't let this day go by without giving your life to you. Give your life to him. Down through the years. Come on now. Yeah. 
Love you always in Jesus' name. 